Welcome back, Delaware Valley sports fans. This is Speaking of Sports, high atop the Grimly Financial Studios. <laughs> I'm Ray Shippion, along with Chad the Wiz Grimly, and our new daily superstar, the Godfather, oh boy. Chuck Grimly. Congratulations, Dad, on your daily show. It's taken off like wildfire. Uh, 15 minutes every morning, fans could get your perspective on the night, previous night's games. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. We got our great guest today, Larry Boa, is with us. Uh, he'll be with us in 10 minutes. Uh, boy, I missed this song. I missed that song. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Duck, I mean, I'll but, tell you, uh, all, the, all the rules we can't do, right? But uh, Absolutely. Because I know we're uh, pressed for time, and I'm not cutting you off because we're going to go right back. No. But thank you for the compliment. It's still a team yep. effort. Uh, you know, Ch- Chad, Chad got me off the ground. <laughs> Some days Marion's here. If I could just have one show to tell everybody what it's like to, to do a show – it's pretty darn comical at 5.30 in the morning when I'm not used to getting up at any time before 6.15 and uh, getting awake and getting the morning voice out. And sometimes Barrett's here on the other thing. I got the control paddle. I got the uh, laptop. It's unbelievable. But we're having fun. And last week, I violate the rules here, bud, when I talk about numbers, right? But last week we had over a record week, a record week for listeners uh, ever, which is cool. Uh, but I'm not satisfied with that. I want to build. I want to build off of that. I really do. Uh, so it's uh, it's good. It's fun, and what it does is a daily perspective, like you said. So you get to update what happened, you know, yesterday, um, and that's that's a, that's a good thing. And as we know, this weekend was not so good, losing two of three to the Red Sox. So far this this season against 500 teams. We're uh, 16 and 19, and uh, I know you're going to have something to say to Boa about the five-year trend of not beating 500 teams. I won't spoil that now. I'll I'll save all that good fruit for you, but it is a big-time problem that we don't beat good teams. If you want to call the Red Sox a good team, they're over 500, and we lost two out of three. That's the trend. Uh, I think people are going to be shocked when they hear uh, the stats that we've come up with. I hear you've got some good research. You spent the better part of the weekend in Hamilton, not picking fruit, not going to Frankie's restaurant, but doing your homework. Right? No, right? I can't. I can't take credit for what Chad the Wiz does. And you do. I do have a little bit of bad news. I got to start off Uh-oh. with uh, Vita, Vita Blue passed away. Yes, he did. Um, he was a tough lefty. Uh, he, he had a, he, early in his career. Uh, Chuck threw for he, he, three. One year he had three hundred twelve innings, three hundred Ks, and then it was never the same after that. No, he wasn't. I think I, I think these guys. I think a lot of these pitchers back in the day just pay, uh, played through pain, Chuck. Um, and, and you could clearly see it in his stats. He was he was two hundred wins, one hundred sixty one losses. Probably on the borderline uh, for the Hall of Fame. You're but, right though, uh, about the drop off, perceptive drop off. You're talking the first year that he cranks it up, seventy one, three twelve innings pitched. Um, he's only allowed six hits, very stingy per nine, a, mm-hmm. a good K per nine, not not crazy, but eight and a half Ks per nine. Um, but he doesn't do that. So three hundred twelve innings pitched, three hundred strikeouts, and then. That's the end of it in terms of strikeouts. Uh, the rest of his career, if he if he got the two eighty innings, he had one hundred and sixty strikeouts per year. That type of thing. Um, yeah, I we probably should recall not Chad. Maybe I'm the oldest person in in, in the uh, in the room here. Uh, Vita Blue had an arm problem. I don't know if he had Tommy John. We could have researched that a little bit better. Something happened to Vita Blue after his first monster season. And I bet the person that's going to know a little bit about that is is Bo. You know, I'm betting on that. But um, what are we going? He was deceiving, though. He had that he had a real high leg kick. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, it looked filthy. And again, he was a lefty, and you know, lefties, you know, <laughs> yeah, they're just uh, on their own. So, 
So let me hit on a, a fun fun stat that we were talking about just before we talked about um, the Vita Blue here, and that was the Phillies and 500 teams. <laughs> Look at the poor Kansas City Royals. Most teams in the league have played between 13, 14, 15, 16 games against 500, which makes sense, you yep. know, maybe about half the, half the game so far. The poor Royals have 29 games this year against teams better than 500. Really? Their schedule has wow. just been absolutely awful, and they're obviously not doing good. They're six and twenty-three against those teams, which is a two oh seven winning percentage. But I don't think a lot of people knew that the Royals maybe have, well, they have had the toughest schedule in the MLB thus far. And, and this is a fun little stat to look at because then you can really tell which teams can compete or not. Like Boston is fourteen and thirteen against five hundred teams or better. So they're showing you right now, yeah, they're. While their record maybe started a little slow, they came kind of came screaming back, and they're a very high-quality team. They've just had a tough schedule so far. But then you look at the Phillies, and they're you know one of the worst in baseball against 500 teams, and that, that's just not where you want to be. Does their schedule get a, a, a lot easier second half, Chad? Which one, the Phillies or the Royals? K- KC. No, KC. The Royals, yeah. Uh, can't, can't get worse. I would hope so. <laughs> yeah, right? I don't know what their schedule looks like. There, but there, There's too many bad teams in baseball for it to get much worse, you know? I mean, if you look yeah. at the teams they've played, they've played, you know, the Braves, the Rangers, the Diamondbacks, the Twins, the Orioles. They got the Athletics in there. And now, they, Chad uh, just mentioned three teams, and hopefully we get time to talk to Bo. But I know that the time really goes fast, man. We get into it with him. He's so good. But to Chad just mentioned three teams playing really, uh, really well this year. The Rangers, Bud, yep. the Orioles, and I believe you said the Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks, Arizona. yep. There's three teams that are competing that you you weren't. I mean, look at Texas last year, what an abomination they were, and you weren't sure that you know what was going to happen with the other two. But you know, especially Arizona, so far, you know, they're the, the Arizona's got some, man some exciting players on that uh, roster. Oh yeah, that that, that Carroll kid, uh, man, what a player! We talked about him in, in a couple of the daily shows, but. Let's not forget about the uh, the local star, Zach Allen, what yeah. a year he's having. Yeah, I put my money on him for Cy Young. Believe it or not, uh, before the season started, Gallon was 14-1, to 1, and I was so upset that I didn't do that with the Eagles to get to the Super Bowl, which I had made the prediction, and then I also predicted the, the record. I had the record and Super Bowl. I did say to win, and they lost. But uh, I didn't put any real money on that, and it's – now legal to do, so I don't have to feel like I'm violating any rules to do it. I saw that he was four, like the Alabama coach, fourteen and uh, fourteen to one odds, uh, Zach Gallon, and I said that's crazy. So that's where I put a little bit of my communion money on, and I still think he's your Cy Young. Every time he pitches, he goes to the seventh inning. He's throwing a shutout at consecutive games, and when they do get him, like the last game, they got him for like three runs and five innings. They're like Nick here, Nick here. Hey, you know, it's a game of ricochets, right? Well, here, here's it. I'm just, I just want to finish the loop on what we were talking yep. about earlier. That's the Texas Rangers a bit, why they're doing so good. Here's the stat that's where they stand alone. There's no one even close right now in baseball to this. Runners in scoring position. Obviously, it's a pretty important statistic there. Texas is hitting 338. That is absolutely unheard of. I mean, the apps, the, M- the MLB average right now is about 250, 260 runners in scoring position. The Tampa Bay Rays are in second at 289, and Texas is all by themselves, you know, almost 50 points higher what here. Are, what are we, bud? Phillies are... That's definitely got to be known. They are 16th at 253. That explains why yeah. they're leading the league damn near in hits. Damn near, I didn't say first. So, yeah, but a, a big anomaly with the Phillies. People are, are, are texting me a lot. Why did the Phillies measure up in batting average and not too bad OPS and... Their run production is below uh, major league average. It's a bit of an anomaly put out there as a quiz, and most baseball people won't get it right. Uh, they'll pick on one area. You know, the, the one Chad just gave us has a lot to do with that. But, you know, you have to walk, okay? And there's other components like base running. They're worse in the league. Uh, outs, you know, I, I can touch on a lot of yep, this. We, we, this is sure. something that we we dabbled on two weeks ago, and it comes down to really because you can look at runners in scoring position and bases, and you may see some good, some bad, and more bad than good, obviously. But all that boils down into a leverage ratio that baseball yeah, analyzes, right. 
and the high leverage positions, which are situations where it's a critical time. You know, you're up 4 nothing in the eighth inning. That's not high leverage. You're 2-1 to one, the bottom of the eighth with a man on second. You know, tying run on deck. Those are high leverage situations. Phillies, uh, their OPS, which you know their measurement of power, is second worst in baseball wow. at 6-11 in high leverage situations, only ahead of the Kansas City Royals. Jeez. Um, and their batting we average, we in that, suck. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they're terrible. <laughs> and their batting average, okay. the batting average in the same position is two thirty seven, which is twenty fifth in baseball. So there's there's no production from the offense when it actually matters. That's the problem with the Phillies this year. Ray, why do I even bother to talk anymore? You know. Wait a minute, Chad. You said you said Zach's the uh, front runner for the uh, for the Cy Young. It's it's Eflin, right? With a two two five car thirty one K with twenty eight in it. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is uh, that who you met? Yeah. Another guy that left Philly and is we're a star. Him. Yeah. Uh, I yeah, don't forget there's other guys like Matt Verley's at three hundred or he was. Yeah. But, hey, listen, that does happen. Look, we gotta look at uh right now, you know, Marsh, his numbers are Babe Ruthian, so we've done okay. Uh, and listen, there's going to be players that get away and do better elsewhere, whether it's player development, and there's players that come here and, you know, don't do as good. I mean, there's a lot of examples of that. Good morning, Bo. How are you? Good morning. What's up, Coach? Good morning. How you doing, Coach? Uh, everything's good. Finally got a win. and uh, Yeah, doesn't that feel maybe, good? Maybe changing the lineup helped a little bit. Yeah. The guys got off the snide a little bit. Bo, Chuck's, Chuck's taking credit for that, Bo. Uh, now relax. I got a funny story for you, Bo. And, 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 <laughs> thanks, Ray. So this story has nothing to do with what happens. It's whimsical, but I got to share it with you. So Eskin, I'm going to do it quick, too. Eskin on Saturday mentions that he was talking to Coach on Friday night, had a good question for him about Schwarber's batting position, and the coach did say, he's got it copied, that, well, his career best numbers are batting leadoff, and I've had Eskin groomed by now to know better. So I called the show Saturday, and I said, Howard, I heard the response. Here are Here's the reality. I gave him that Schwarber's best numbers by far, not close, are from the fourth position, and Eskin writes it all down, and then he calls Chad Saturday to make sure he got it right for me because he's still confused by slash line and all that stuff. But he repeats it to Coach Saturday night, and he records it and puts it out on Twitter. And the coach, he says, did you know that Schwarber's numbers are way better from the fourth position than first? And, uh, and Coach says, well, what about home runs? And, well, home runs are in OPS and slug. It's contained in the slash line, Coach. So... Sunday, he bats him fifth. Now, we're not going to take full credit for that, but it is kind of ironic that that went down the way it did, and all of a sudden, Schwerber's batting fifth, which is where he belongs. Wasn't it nice yesterday? Yeah, everybody, uh, you know, I, I, like I said, if you, if you did that, that's great. That's a, that should be a feather in your cap. <laughs> I, I, don't know, I don't know that we get full credit, but, but it does raise this question, and – as you were watching Schwarber struggle in, in the you know, the third or leadoff, especially the leadoff, in 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 your mind as you process baseball and articulate it the way you do, were you troubled by it? I know you could say it worked a little bit last year, and and that's the company answer. But truth be told, was it was it irritating you a little bit that with the other guys hitting three hundred? You know, to answer that question, if I was managing, because I used to do this a lot, if a guy was struggling a little bit. Uh, I would drop him or or maybe get him in a better position to get better pitches. But, uh, you know, I know what Robbie, you know, what Rob's thinking. Uh, not only were they successful, they went, they came within two games of winning the World Series. So, right. I, you know, mm-hmm. his mindset was, I'm going to keep him there. I think he's going to come out of this. And who knows? He might put him back up there. But it sounds like uh, at least his quotes looking at today is that he's going to go with this for a while. And I like that lineup. Yeah. Oh. I really do. I'm looking at that lineup, and uh, we need uh, we need uh, Turner to start running a little bit more. I think I have no idea why he's not trying to steal bases, but uh, I'm sure there's a reason behind it. Maybe he's banged up. I don't know, but I would expect him to have uh, be in the top three or four in stolen bases before this season is over. But uh, so far, he has not run that much as much as I thought he would. And but but do you think that could? Potentially be part of the issue with having a guy like Schwarber behind him. Maybe he's done. You know, doesn't want to steal, get Maybe. out, and risk that long ball. Maybe we're going to find out because if Scott hits first, you know, we'll, we'll see. 
we'll see how it plays out. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that's entered his mind. Uh, one thing about Turner, he's a pretty smart kid. And maybe he was thinking, hey, you know what? I don't want to even take a risk of getting thrown out here. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know what his mindset is right now, but I know he's capable of stealing a lot of base. Just to quantify what we're talking about, because we had it prepared for a question. Turner's been sure. on base 50 times, four stolen bases. That's anemic. And and uh, last night's, yesterday afternoon's game, it's a perfect situation to go. Uh, you got you, you try to get a little extra insurance. It's like, I think, with four to one, two outs. Perfect situation to go, and he doesn't doesn't even get the lead. I think I texted you right. at that point. You're watching that game. Aren't you thinking this is a perfect spot for Turner to take off? Yeah, I mean, I, I've been watching all the games. I go to all the games at home, and I keep waiting for him to steal two or three bases a game. But, again, I don't I, – you know, something might be bothering him. Maybe uh, maybe his legs don't feel like they should at this, this stage of the season. I don't know. But I do think before the year's over, he's going to have his a lot of stolen bases. I really do. So we're back to Schwartzman, how he handles things, and the media makes a big deal over the loyalty and allegiance to the batting order. And it's hard to move a guy. In reality, when you got a guy like Schwartz, who's such a great influence in the, in the clubhouse, always takes ownership for anything he does. That you know, doesn't have a great game. He always takes ownership for it. And he's, you know, what did it, one for 30, batting for. If you go to him and say, hey, Schwartz, we're going to drop you down to fifth, take a little bit of pressure off, you're not going to get a negative reaction from him, are you, Bo? Not no. The, not the Schwartz, no. I know. No. No. And the other thing is, is Rob, he has great communication with everybody in the clubhouse. So I don't think he's intimidated by doing that. I just think that in his mind, he thought that, hey, you know, we got to the World Series last year. I'm going to stick with this. And maybe enough people that, that sort of hinted to him, hey, why don't you just switch it up a little bit and see what happens? Uh, but but he has great communication. And as you said, if, if you hit Schwarber eight, he's not going to say anything. He just goes out. He's a baseball player. He's going to go out and he's going to play. And maybe this is a great jump start for him, you know, because when he gets hot, we've all seen it. Uh, he can carry you not only for a couple games, but he can carry you for two or three weeks. Yeah, it was just so damn cool yesterday. You bat him fifth. He it ropes a single the first time up, and then he just the only sure hits the ball out in the second and a half in the upper deck. Nothing's cooler in baseball. It's almost like so rewarding, you know, for him and everything to see him come through in that spot. And the lineup yesterday, same guys. When you bat him in the right order, how how formidable did the lineup look? What right to the, the bottom? The, you know, he got marched The lineup looked really good. Oh man, well, the lineup that. looked great. Yeah, uh, I mean, and I, I, I like, I really liked the change yesterday. And again, hopefully, it can get us on a winning streak here because, uh, uh, you know, you don't want to get. You know, I know people say it's early. It, it is early to a certain extent, but you don't want to be chasing all year. I mean, no. we did that last year, and it wears you out. Even though we had things go our way at the end there. Uh, continuously do that it just it it's uh, it it just wears you down after a while so hopefully it's still early as far as the standings and everything right. and especially our division we got a couple teams that really aren't playing we haven't played well i shouldn't say we haven't played consistent the mets definitely have not played consistent uh so i mean I, i'm i'm a little surprised that uh, some of the things that washington and miami have done i mean uh, I, yeah. they're not going to win a division or right. not going to be in the wild card but they've been very competitive in certain games. And in other games, you see them getting blown out. So it's not a given when you go play those teams. I mean, you should beat them. But uh, they're showing some uh, they're showing some battle-tested uh, games uh, lately. They've been coming yes, from behind, yeah. uh, even though they haven't won all of them. But uh, it's not going to be an automatic sweep these three games. You know, you have to go in there and play the kind of baseball that you're capable of playing. And I think we're going to start doing that. we got two games here with – Toronto, who rebounded after getting swept in Boston, they go into Pittsburgh and sweep them. So we got two big games coming up here, and then we go back out on the road. And Colorado, hey, go look at Colorado at home. home I mean, they're, yeah, they're, they're very competitive thing. at home. Yeah, yeah, they play different at home. So it'll be interesting to see how the rest of this month plays out. So, Bo, how big a problem do we have in, in this sense? And, uh, again, this is just reading the math. It's not my being pers- or negative, but – Okay, so Schwarbaut left field is struggling mightily this year, more so than previous years. I won't bore everybody with all the R-tot numbers that measure range and stuff like that. Right. But, but if you do look at him, 
you know, the negative six would project to a negative 48 for a full season. That would be like the worst in baseball history for a left fielder type of thing. When you look at his coverage zone numbers, they're atrocious. His assist, he's got three assists in, in two seasons. Uh, his arm doesn't look good. His angles don't look right. He's allowing runners to get the third where he's making the attempt, and the back runner gets the second constantly. He really can't throw home, and I know I sound like that's awfully negative, but that's the reality, and we're stuck with that because of what's happened with with uh, with Harper. I mean, what you can't do much, right? I mean, you've noticed his – Yeah, that's just the lineup. That, well, that's the lineup that, that, that we put together, and uh, you know, it, it, it's magnified right now when you're not winning games. It's right. magnified when you're in a one for 30. Uh, yep. People overlook it when you get hot. People <laughs> overlook it when your team wins eight out of nine. So I, that's just the nature of this beast. Uh, I mean, every team has deficiencies, whether they're the Dodgers, whether they're the Yankees, whether they're Tampa Bay. Uh, that's just the way the lineup has sort of been put together by the front office. And you know, you're going to hope that, that Schwab gets hot, which I think, I don't think, I know he's going to get hot. It's just a matter of time. And you got to hope our ball club starts winning some some games. I don't mean two out of six. I mean winning uh, 15 out of 18, something like that, which I think we're very capable of doing. Uh, I do think, though, that uh, our pitchers have got to start going. Yesterday I thought Walker threw a very good game. I saw that he threw a – he got ahead with fastballs, and then he expanded the zone with his split, which to me is great strategy. Uh, he's got a very good split. I think his previous starts are the games he hadn't pitched very well. He started people off with splits. It's ball one, ball two. And then, you know, as big league hitters, when they know a fastball is coming, it doesn't matter how hard you throw it, they're going to hit it. I thought his, his strategy yesterday was great. I thought he pitched very well against a team that was extremely hot. Uh, and I think we're going to get Suarez back here. Uh, so I just I think good things are going to start to happen here, but we need Wheels and uh, and Aaron to pitch the way we know they're capable of putting Strom in the bullpen. I think is going to be a big plus for us. Not only does he have good stuff, but he can give you two innings, maybe three out of the bullpen in certain games. So I, I just think there's a, you know if, if there's a field there that uh, and it takes a while to get new players, and and I think with the injuries we've had, I, I see some good things happening coming up. Right, uh, Ray, you're up, buddy. Coach, coach, real quick, getting back to uh, Trey Turner and and, and possibly uh, being injured, um, and it was I don't I don't know well, I don't know I don't know that he's injured. I'm just no no assuming maybe something maybe it's it, it, I'm sure it's not anything major. Right. Right. I would think that he would be running more. That's the only thing. Right? Yeah. It and 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 also it, it seems like on defense, coach, um, especially in the Dodgers series. He kind of gives up on those shallow fly balls that are that are falling in. Now, I mean, as a coach, I always had our shortstops were told to, you know, you're busting ass to the outfield until you hear the outfielder call you off. And right. it, it seems like there's, you know, not so much. Uh, and I and believe me, I don't want to run into Schwarber <laughs> as I'm sure you didn't want to run into Lazinski. Um, but do you notice anything? Uh, about that, Coach? No, the only thing I know is that and Bull and I, as long as we played together, which was a very long time, we had one collision. It was in L.A., uh, and it was a packed house. The ball was in foul territory down the left field line. And we talk about that all the time. That It's a matter of knowing who's behind you. It's a matter of his range, knowing how far he can run. And, and I was very familiar with Bull, not only at the big league level, but at the minor league level. So, I think knowing his, knowing what he can do and what he can't do helped me a lot as far as what I was going to do. I went after balls very aggressive on fly balls in, or short, shallow fly balls in left field. So, and, and trust me, when you are playing shortstop and you got a guy like Lazinski, you do not want to get hit no. when he's coming <laughs> full board. And I'm sure that Trey feels that way about. Schwartz, Schwartz right. uh, built pretty good. So yeah. I think it's just a matter of knowing your player. Uh, and, you know, people say, well, you had spring training. Well, they were gone for spring training. Turner was gone for three weeks. Right. So, you know, I, I think it's still in the process of when you get new guys on the ball club, knowing what their capabilities are, 
I mean, both those guys were gone. They didn't even uh, uh, participate in drills with the Phillies till the end. So, uh, you know, I, I just think it's a matter of knowing who you are and who's playing behind you. I think he's very capable of going after those fly balls. But, again, it's knowing uh, who can cover ground. And, uh, and he's got Marsh in center field who can come and get him. So right. it's a matter of uh, making adjustments on those balls between shortstop and left field. Uh this is a question, Bo, again, it's, it's not shrouded in negativity, but it is a valid question. I think it's going to surprise you a little bit, but we are really curious about your, your input here. Over the last five seasons, the Phillies have been a good team. They've been a 500 team, 346 over 327. So, you know, they're a 500 team, a little better than that. Their 22 team was 12 over 500. So you move up in the winning percentage. That's a good, really good team. All of those teams for five years have a cumulative record that's 40 games under 500 against 500 teams. So the Phillies in this year, they're 16 and 19 against the 500 teams. So we haven't beat as a five-year trend of which four of those Harpers on the team. We haven't beat the good teams in the regular season. Now, in our postseason, phenomenal situation. Hats off, all proud. Nothing to do with that. But for the last five seasons, this season included in that, so four and a quarter, we just haven't beat the good teams. Just lost to the Red Sox two out of three. Go back to the Texas situation. So what do you think, if you had to pick one or two answers, what would be the first in order and second thing that would say, this is why we haven't beat the, the 500 teams. I, I think it, it, in one sense is my philosophy when I played or when we played on those teams in the 70s and 80s was you beat up on teams that you know you're supposed to beat up on. And the real good teams, the elite teams, you play 500 ball against. And like as you just brought up, we haven't done that. And I think it's a combination of things. You know, the inconsistencies. Uh, but if you had to boil it down, let's face it, this team, in my opinion, is going to hit. I don't care who we play. We're going to hit eventually. So I think pitching, you need your big boys to go deep into games when you play good teams in defense. You ha- you cannot give good teams outs. You-, you just can't give them extra outs. And, you know, watching the last two or three years when we play, again, you brought up a great point. You're going down the stretch last year and in the playoffs or World Series, we sort of turned it up a notch. But we got to have that mentality as of right now. I mean, when we play teams that are real good, like this Toronto team coming in, you can't give them more than three outs. You got to make good decisions. You got to hit the cutoff, man. You got to keep double plays in order. Pitchers got to throw strikes. Pitchers got to go deep in the game. You your Wheeler, Wheels, and Nola got to go seven innings. And they're, we all know they're very capable of. We all know that. They haven't done it on a consistent basis this year yet. But the other two guys we rode down the stretch last year. Yep. And I, I I have all the confidence in the world they can do that. But it comes down to when you play good baseball teams, it's pitching and defense. You can talk about how many games are 9-8, to eight, how many games are 10-9 to nine when two good teams hook up with one another. Unless you get outs away, you miss cutoff map, you don't keep double plays in order. Uh, the, the other thing that I was going to bring up today, and I've been to, I said started last year. I have never seen so many official scores give out hits <laughs> on balls that go through people's legs. Right. This is the big league. Right. <laughs> and I, 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 I'm telling you, I have no idea where this information's coming from or what, how they're making their decisions. I watched, I watched the play again. The Yankees, LeMahieu, a ball went right through, I mean, right through his leg, and they gave the guy a base hit. I have seen that happen more than one time. And I just shake my head saying, this is the big league. And Sosa will be the first guy to tell you that there were two plays in L.A. that he should have made. He's a great kid. He's a stand-up guy. And yet both those plays were given hits. And I'm not getting on Sosa. I'm getting on baseball in general. They're giving out hits like they're, they're freebies. It's, yeah. it's unbelievable, and I don't understand it. Uh, I just don't understand it. To me, it's, it's making a farce out of the game of baseball. So, Coach, do you agree that the game's not better today than it was when you played with all the rule changes and with just everything? Do I think the game's on? better? Is that what you're asking me? Yeah. No, I think players are bigger, faster, and stronger. But fundamentals of the game, 
It's not even close. It's not even close. Not even close. And and I think what you see here in this generation, guys throw harder, no question. (laughs) A lot harder. But the command's terrible. Command's terrible. And I think that, like I said, you've got guys that are bigger, faster, and stronger, hit balls a long way. Uh, everything's different now. The ballparks are a lot smaller. Um, right. I will say this, hitters, it's, it, I think it's more difficult because you're not facing a guy three or four times in a game. Right. You're facing, exactly. You might face four pitchers in the night. That's huge. That's hard to do. That's, and they're all yeah, 98. That is huge. They're all 98. Yep. And yep. That, that is difficult. I'll be, I'll be the first to say that. I wouldn't want to face four different pitchers every night. <laughs> so, I mean, there's there's variables each way, but the biggest thing I see is the fundamentals of the game. Are there there's not a lot of emphasis put on fundamentals, and you have your you have your elite teams that are doing it, but for the most part, in general, I'm talking about in general, from the best teams to the worst teams, fundamentals. Uh, are not executed the way it should be executed. You know what you never say anymore about you talk about fundamentals. You don't see really good throw home. You, you don't see good throws home anymore. You just don't see no. a lot of outs at the plate. And you see a bunch of throws up the line. You see right yep. fielders overthrow the cut. So if the guy it runner is safe at third, the shortstop's got a chance to cut throw to second, get the trailer. You don't see that play anymore almost ever you just don't see it you know what i i i have a theory on that but it'll never happen uh when we played we had to take infield every day and if you didn't take infield then you didn't play (laughs) that's right so when you make cutoffs and relays and and make throws and hit the cutoff man and you do it every day before a game right you're going to end a good habit if you don't ever take infield hey it's going to happen but dallas green said that you don't want to take infield you don't play it didn't matter if you were Mike Schmidt. It didn't matter if you were Greg Lazinski. It didn't matter if you were Pete Rowe. You took infield. That's how we played. Mm-hmm. That was all part of preparation for the game coming up. And sometimes we wouldn't take infield after BP. What we do is go out early and take it before BP. But we always took infield. And that you, you get into a routine, and it was almost like, okay, we got infield today. Let's go do it. It's cutoff map. You know, the more you practice something, the better you're going to get at it. The less you practice, you know, it's going to happen. My dad used to take me over to Connie Mack Stadium or as early as you could get in the stadium. We had seats back of first base. As a little kid, my dad would say to me, Bud, watch the right fielder, Johnny Callison. And he would take Fungo's bow back at the warning track. I'm not making this up. I would put my hand up. Right. And Ch- Chad's watching my right hand up. And Callison would hit the catcher on one hop or the air from the warning track. I couldn't believe I was watching it. You don't see arms like that. I mean, Roberto Clemente had 26 assists one year in in 144 games. He was unbelievable. If you get a chance, when the Dodgers come in, uh, I've watched this the last three or four years. Mookie Betts, he throws every day, whether he goes out early to base. And this guy's got a tremendous arm. You very seldom see him overthrow cutoff people. He gets a lot of assists every year. Yep, yep. Uh, and maybe he might not be getting a lot anymore because coaches are well aware of what this guy, right. his work ethic is before the game, his preparation. But he, he works at it. He works at his trade. That's why he's such a good thrower. I mean, you gotta you got to work at it. It's not going to just happen. I want to uh, talk about Edmundo Sosa a bit. And this is a guy who... Now his plate appearances are, are almost half some some of the other guys on the team, but every time he's gotten an opportunity, and even goes back to last year, his performance has been really good. Now it's early in the season, but he's he's hitting about three ten. He has an OPS of closer to eight eight twenty five here. Is this a guy that you think we need to see an expanded role for? I mean, he's in a tough spot with with Bohm at first or Bohm at third and Harper maybe at first down the line. It gets tough to fit him into a spot unless you say I'm putting him in left field and sending Schwarber to the bench. That's kind of the only realistic option if he's an everyday player. But his numbers have been really good. That's not going to happen. Yeah, that, I agree with you. He's, he's he's very underrated. And, you know, people are getting on a little bit about plays at third base. And, and people don't understand that when you play the middle of the diamond, you can read hops, you can make your own hop. But when you play the corner, the ball completely comes at you a lot different. It's a reaction thing. And I think he's starting to get used to that. But when you play the middle of the diamond all the time, and all of a sudden they say, hey, go over to third base, 
the ball comes off, it's a lot hotter. <laughs> the angle's different. Uh, but this kid's a good kid, and I'd like to see him get 500 bats. But, you know, with the way our lineup is constructed right now, you know, I, I don't see that. You know, I don't know how long Hart's going to be before they say, you're going to play first base for a while. Uh, but right now it looks like he's going to be the DH, and, and you're not going to, you're not taking Schwarbs out, uh, that's for sure. And as we stand right now, it looks like Bohm's going to play first, and, and Sosa probably will play third. I mean, it's not Eston Stone. I'm sure Thompson will give other guys opportunities to play a little bit, but uh, that's just the way the lineup is constructed right now. Coach, how frustrating is it to see, and believe me, he has the last name of a pitcher, but how frustrating is it to see position, uh, position players I, come in? I, I hate it. I, I mean, it, it, I just don't understand it. I don't either. I don't either. You know what? The way it is, I mean, uh, I understand when they come in, you're saving pitchers for the next day and all that. So if you're going to make a farce of the game, put a 10 rule up, run rule up after the seventh yep. inning, the yep. game's over. That's Rather right. than embarrass everybody, these, these numbers are going to be tainted. You get, you get guys that face position players that say they face seven or eight of them during the course of the year. Good point. And they get sure. 16 to 18 hits. Good point. Yeah. I mean, think about that. You win a bad title. It's not yeah. even BP. Yeah. It, They're throwing 40 miles an hour. It, it's yeah. how you potentially To me, it's, it. an, it's, it's an embarrassment to the sport. And it's dangerous. we got 13 pitchers. Everybody's got 13 or 14 pitchers. You should be able to get a guy up to get two outs or three, whatever it is. That's right. Uh, but I also understand the other side of it. If you're going for a pennant, or I mean, it's real early right now, you don't want to blow a guy's arm out in a 12 to 1 game. I mm. get that. So put that other rule. Are they putting all these other rules in? Put mm. that in there. Right. You're down 10 runs after the seventh inning, the game's over. Right. I mean, I'd rather be in favor of that. I would like a 10 you run know. rule. I'd be fine with that. Absolutely. Expand the roster. Get another player. Yeah, I mean, pitcher, what if know? it said ten run rule? Ten run rule, but a, no, no ten run rule in September on something like that. Yeah, you know, maybe it's got to be from the seventh inning on. If it's oh, yeah. seventh inning, right. yeah. yeah, seventh inning on, but, and yeah. maybe it doesn't count in September. Last two weeks of the season, obviously not in the playoffs. Something like that to right. stop this from happening. Well, Bo, I got a final question for you. We'll let you go. I know it's a day off. One hundred and eighty-two hits in a season for Major League Baseball players. That's a good season. 182 hits, right? Grinding yeah, it out. Yeah. That's a good yeah. year. Right, I'm going to give uh-huh. you, I'm going to give you, it's Larry Boa trivia time. Uh, you may know this. <laughs> you may not. Some, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> I, I stump you, but not always, you know. You know, you stump me a lot because right now I forgot what I had for breakfast yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but I saw you throw BP and I talked to uh, the skipper about it. And guess what? You're, you still got a live arm, man. I'll tell you that. It's unbelievable. But here we go. So you had four out of five years, and that's close enough to bunch it up. I mean, we can leave one out. But four out of five years. In 74, 184 hits, 75, 180, 77, 175, and 78, 190. That comes out to about a buck 82. Four out of your five years, professional baseball, you got 182 hit average bow. Did you know that? No, I didn't. All right. I, I know one year, one year that I, I, the year that I think you said 190 or yeah, something. Yeah, 190. I had a shot at 200. 200 hits. A, I, went into, I went into a bad bad streak there at the end. Right. <laughs> I remember that season. And that, that that's coming from the guy that stood at Connie Mack Stadium. I happened to be at your very first game called up uh, with my dad. And Frank Dolson, if you remember him interviewing. You yeah, probably, I remember Frank very well. Really? He was a good friend of mine. All right, so yep. you're standing there with, with, with uh, Denny Doyle. And Frank yep. Dolson, I have the article. I thought I brought it to lunch when we met, but I may not have shown it to you. But anyway, I have it here, and it's a great interview with you, and you're talking about you and Doyle coming up and stuff like that. And you point to the left field roof and the Coke sign, and you say to Dolson, is it true that uh, Dick Allen has hit him off of that Coke sign? And Frank Dolson says he's hit him over that Coke sign. <laughs> Field. I I I, did, I do remember that because cool. I was it, I was amazed at how far that coke sign was, and the fact that Dick Allen did it so many times. Isn't that crazy, it's oh. truly un- unbelievable. I always wonder where the coke sign would be in the current stadium, like where Harry Kay's in the coke oh, sign. Oh wow! Well, you know, like where 
I love some engineer at the Phillies that tell me the Coke sign and, and Harry K's are what, you know? <laughs> that would be great to find out where it would be yeah. at our ballpark right now. Real quick, Coach, and, the, and amazing is the fact you didn't play high school ball. But uh, I, I get these always Larry Boa things that pop up on my phone. I sent you the picture of the trash can. But uh, <laughs> the other day, uh, Fanatics had, and, and they were uh, featuring your St. Patrick's Day jersey, uh, number 10 from the 1980 season with, you know, the 80 patches on it. and. Right. Uh, you're still popular, man. They're still. They're still I was wondering <laughs> if you did. Are you getting a percentage of that, Coach? <laughs> no, I'm not getting it. Jeez. No, I, I, it, it, I like seeing that stuff though. But it brings yeah. back a lot of good memories and everything. So, oh, yeah. But uh, hopefully, hopefully, the next time we do our show here, our little chat, uh, we're like uh, eight to ten games over 500. Yeah, oh, that's that, that. That would be really good progress. Chad's already busy at telling me what that would be exactly. But Bo, it's always great having you on. It's unbelievable input, and uh, you're a uh, you're a great influence for the kids. The way you played the game and how you carry the spirit. You're an ambassador for the game. You're all good things. So we we love. Having I appreciate you on. that, guys. I, I appreciate that. Okay, man. And you guys have a good one. Okay. We'll talk okay. to you soon, Bo. Well, see you. Bye bye. All right. Bye bye. There you have it. The great, and how about that? Four years, Ray, he averaged 182 hits. That's a lot of hits. I mean, for a guy that hits. never played high school, Chuck. Yeah, I they, just can't believe that. They called him a little ligger when he came up. And if you look at his first year of at bats, he was so choked up uh, just trying to put the ball in play. He looked like a little ligger. And, and nobody thought he'd ever acclimate to major league pitching. It looked like it was just overpowering for his body. He looked too small. We thought he was 5'9", 140. And then I meet Boa finally, and I'm, you know, where I was 5'10". I don't know where I think I probably shrunk, but he, you know, he's not towering over me, but he's taller than me by a couple inches, and I found out he's six foot. And uh, he wasn't as diminutive as he looked in the early stages of his career. But when you look at what he did defensively with his assist records and, you know, once again, the RF9, it's range factor per nine innings, you have five something like five six nine, that's that's up there with Ozzy and, and and Cal Ripken. I mean, how he did that without shifts on his own like Otley did, and the numbers he put up are just unbelievable for a small guy. And he did have a rocket arm, but he had unbelievably quick release, but not a rocket arm. So Bo says eight to uh, ten uh, over five hundred. Uh, that would mean we're not going to have him for a while, I guess, because it would take it would take, take a while, two weeks, It'd be quite a win streak, yeah, to, to, to get over that. We might not be calling him till September. Yeah. <laughs> so if we're if we're going to stay true to form, even though there's a lot more to talk about, and by the way, the one circle that I did not close up, I wanted to, Boa did hit. He got the brass ring. He did hit the nail uh, right on the head when he. I, I think what Boa said predominantly. About the five-year sub uh, 500 against 500, I thought he said defense more than any other word. Pitchy, de- it in fact is the defense that's been lacking the last five years that prevents you from beating the better teams. You got to make plays. Look at the Dodger series, the defense. Look at Marsh holding the ball, and Betts just walked to third, and, he's, and he throws a looper in. Like a slow, you know, like a slow pitch arc, throws it into shortstop, and Betts being heads up says, "I'm going to third. And and uh, the, our ex catcher, what's his name, the, the announcer, the, the guy that's with catcher, Ben Davis, he says, um, "Oh, he says uh, Betts was just playing possum there." I'm like, if I'm announcing this game, I'm getting all over Mars because we're already been embarrassed in that game, you know, double digits you trail and. And he's saying, oh, I played possum with Marsh. Well, you play possum in the major leagues. Let's imagine somebody tell Pete Rose against Pete Rose. Oh, we played possum against Pete Rose. Uh, no, no, that would never happen against Pete Rose or, or Bowo or uh, Otley. And we go on bets. We go on and on and on and on, right? I mean, Bo was talking about them not playing the game right. And you see it every time you watch a major league baseball game. They don't execute the game right. And in the Phillies' position, in a situation, they're not making plays. They're just not getting the balls they got to get to. 
And I don't think he gave. I don't think he gave, he gave you the right answer. Who love Bo, but I don't think he gave you the right answer on Turner. And you let up on him a little bit. You were nice. You know that's happened four or five times, and it's noticeable. And then I could. I'm not going to do it, but I could show the play on video where he completely stops early and pulls up. And maybe you can't, maybe you can't blame him with Schwarber coming. You can hear Schwarber coming in. He's like a bull, you know, right, Chad? He's snorting. Oh, he's a big guy. Here he comes. They didn't, pra- they didn't practice it, uh, Chuck. That's the other thing. He, you Good know, point. Good point. Those, yeah, fair point. Those drills really do matter in the offseason. The, the PC, uh, you know, when the pitchers do their drills. Yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and but again, again, the shortstop is the captain of the infield. Right. And as well, he is in charge. He's, he's busting ass into the outfield right. until he gets called off. Yeah, what, Same thing with the center fielder as the captain of the outfield. What, what I'm saying so, to uh, Schwarber in, in camp or any time in the dugout is, listen, here's the rule. I'm going like my hair's on fire 100%. You're coming in 100%. But we cannot hit face-to-face. So you got to have an angle on me. Okay, You see me coming, and you're going hard too. You got to angle yourself where you're going to be reaching to your left or backhand, but we can't go face to face because you you've got a better read on that. You're coming in, I'm going back. So l- let's spare each it's other's the lives. Yeah, ball. yeah, let's spare each other's lives because hey, two human beings gone, you know, running twenty miles an hour that hit face to face. Well, I think I could just call my daughter Kristen who had five concussions and she had that play against Tom's River Ray face to face center field right fielder. She's left-handed. The right fielder's right-handed. They're each reaching, winning, winning ball. She catches it and face to face. I was standing with the uh, uh, right fielder's dad, and uh, they had to bring the medevac onto the field to take the right fielder uh, to St. Uh, Jude's Hospital up there in Allentown. Uh, it was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, face to face, and both girls, their legs were twitching. It was un- eye orbit broken. It's unbelievable. She caught the ball. Um, Rant time. Yeah, I'll start. I mean, just I think it's really just about Philly's defense. It's been, yeah. And we've hit on a million times, so I'll keep it short. But my rant would have been the Philly's defense is not stepping up, not even always trying on some plays where they really have to. And uh, it's, you know, it's it's may not have cost them, uh, it's cost them some games, but it's cost them a lot of opportunities too. of really just putting some games behind them and making it tougher to come back. So Philly's defense would be mine. Amen to that. Raymond, go ahead, Bubba. Well, if you want to see defense, and uh, this is going to make uh, the Godfather smile, if you want to watch defense, put on SEC softball, Amen. and then you'll see defense because you're not going to find it on our team and, and, <laughs> and, and, and most of the major leagues. Also, Bowen's high school coach, boy, he deserves a beat, and that's all I'm going to say there. What a great interview Boa is. Yeah. It, it just – like he gets better and better as we go on yeah. and, and he gets not more honest he just gets more comfortable, comfortable with, us. with us yeah i think he he's comfortable it. with us and 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 the whole thing about position players throwing i hate it but it does make it a little easier when the name is clements and i'll end on that yeah you know but i think Bo legitimately enjoys our show uh, you know, he's very receptive um, and it's a different type of thing we have now relationship uh, I'm not going to say I'm his best friend, but w- we have a good relationship. And texting, it's cool. It's, hey, you're going to Sunday afternoon, you're texting Larry Poe about the game. How bad could that be, right? Uh, and in, oh, yeah. in between there, you got Frank. Uh, so pronounce Frank's last name. Our guest. Menachino. Say it again, Ray. Menachino. Okay. Could you give us a little background? Are you familiar enough? Yeah. He uh, <laughs> played at Alabama. Got drafted by the A's. He was a catcher, however. Uh, on we, we won a national championship together. The 18 and under. Wow. Uh, Euclid, Ohio national championship. Three major league players on that team. Really? Uh, pretty much, yeah. Everybody else. Uh, an assistant GM uh, from your way, J.J. Piccola. We had Jeffrey Hammonds in center field. Wow. Uh, and, and the best player was a kid named Joe Perez that kind of <laughs> didn't amount to anything. But. Um, Frankie was absolutely crazy, right? Like he is. Right. I saw him a few years ago <laughs> when I was coaching Ryder. Saw him at uh, he was coaching with the Yankees. Uh, he was he was Trenton Thunder, 
And uh, I, I was just standing there staring at him, and he, he did a double take and started laughing, of course, and, and walked over to me. But I can't wait to get him on the show. Next you week, guys will love him. He, t- he confirmed next week while we're interviewing Bo, and uh, we're so lucky. The rotation's going to be uh, Charlie uh, Skipper, uh, Bo, yep. and Frank. I don't know if he has a nickname or not, but he was, he was batting coach for the Marlins and the White Sox and a whole bunch of teams after mm-hmm. – a brief major league career, funny guy, crazy guy, does not know of you yet. So I'm going to hold that till next week. Okay. Well, I'm just going to introduce you guys. It's, it's next Monday. We're going to do a a long show. We're a little bit out of uh, rotation here because we want to get Frank on. I I had overbooked today with Frank and Bo. So I didn't want to bump him two weeks. So I'm going to bump him one week and then we'll deal with the rotation as we see fit, but we also got Charlie that likes coming on. So, so that's, that's a good thing. He's also on in the movie Moneyball. Oh, okay. He was one of the guys dancing and partying during their losing streak. <laughs> really? And, uh, he got sent to the minors shortly thereafter. There's a scene where Billy Bean goes in the office and says, I sent Manichino down. I traded, uh, oh, wow. you know, this guy. Yeah. So, Look for him there too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I would have read it about the defense, but I think we we really co- kind of covered that in, in great detail ad nauseum. Um, and they're stu- I mean, Bo didn't know what to do with my question about Schwarber because they're stuck with him out there, and he is worse this year than than last year. He's in a straight decline in left field. He, he's doing. I think he's not. I think he's lacked so much confidence, Bud, that he's unnatural now. Ball hit yesterday. He he didn't chase. He thought it was going to take the angle, would bounce off the short wall, and it didn't. It rolls to the left field corner. Now he's got to start again and run in the opposite direction. Yeah, it looked like a, a T-ball play kind of thing. Uh, the ball he dropped opened up the game the other night against the Red Sox. I think it was Friday night. Uh, the, thrown to the wrong base. Can't throw home at all. I don't think he'll have a over-under on the year. Schwarber's assist at, at the plate. One and a half over That's or probably under. under. Yeah, you're, under. you're both going under. Under. Oh dear lord. It's under. But guess what? That was an honest answer. Okay, we, we got to. We're going to live with them. That's the end of my ramp. That might. We got to wrap it up. Got to wrap it up. So yep. take us out, Wiz. All right. Well, you can get us on our website, speakingofsportspod.com, uh, Instagram, TikTok. You know, speaking of sports, you'll find it there. If you want to give uh, Chuck a question for Larry, Charlie, or any any guest that we have, his number is you know, 609-828-5569. But uh, yeah, shoot us your information, and if you have a question, we'll get it on for I you. I had a so, rec- record yeah. number of texts this week. Good. Uh, we had six new people, and it's uh, always when the number shows up, and I don't know, I don't have a name attached, and it starts, by the way, great show, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Good questions, man. All right. <laughs> All right, that's that's, that's a wrap. Thanks for being on, Raymond. We love you, baby. Go sell some meat. You're the best. Go Sixers.